not only do they get underdiagnosed, but they also get undertreated. And that's where we really need to bridge this treatment gap so that we can start saving women's lives by treating them more aggressively, getting them diagnosed early. This is True to Your Heart, lessons on living a healthy, hearty life. Brought to you by Amarin. Hello, everyone. I'm Ron Jaworski. Welcome to True to Your Heart, where we discuss new ways of looking at your cardiovascular health with leading health and wellness experts. Today's show, we are focusing on women's health and the types of risk they can face. With us today is Dr. Pyle Coley, a non-invasive cardiologist and founding partner of Cherry Creek Heart in Denver, Colorado. Dr. Coley has a passion for heart disease in women, having authored and pioneered groundbreaking research in preventative cardiology. She has been published in dozens of leading medical journals, received multiple honors and young investor awards, and is the on-air medical expert for Tegna Broadcasting. Today, she joins us to talk about women and their cardiovascular health. Dr. Coley, great to have you on the True to Your Heart podcast. I know it's going to be very, very, very informative. You have a tremendous background in dealing with women's health and uh, heart issues, so we're thrilled to have you. Now, my first uh, question for you is, and maybe why is why is this the thought? Why is the stereotype, if you want to even call it that, that heart disease is more of a male-dominant issue? Ron, it's such a pleasure to be here today. I'm so excited to talk about my two passions and two loves, which are preventive cardiology and heart disease in women. And I think for so long as a, as a society and a culture, we have really underdiagnosed and undertreated heart disease in women. And it's really a problem. And I think it's largely happened because if you think back to the 80s and 90s, when we were doing clinical trials, who did we enroll? We enrolled older, mostly Caucasian men. And largely the reason for that was because we actually intentionally excluded women in the fear that they may be pregnant or they may be nursing or what have you. So all of the information that we have really comes from a body of knowledge about men and women continue to remain a little bit of a black box. But what we realized very quickly when we saw that one out of three women die from heart disease. Just think about that. Three women in your life and one out of three of them statistically may die from heart disease. We realized it's not just a man's disease. It's also a woman's disease and it's a different disease in women than it is in men. Dr. Coley, then what should women look for? I mean, what are the common symptoms of heart disease and how do they present themselves to women? So, you know, if you think about the umbrella of heart disease, there's many different types of heart disease out there. The heart disease that I want to focus on is really atherosclerosis or blockages in the blood vessels, because that's one of the most common types of heart disease. And generally what we see in a man, what we see in the movies is a man clutches his chest. He has an elephant sitting on his chest and, you know, he keels over or he's becoming sweaty and it's very visible that he's having a heart attack in women. 
Often that's not the case and the symptoms can be subtle and they can be very atypical. So even though chest discomfort, chest pressure, chest tightness is the most common symptom in both men and women, you can also see sometimes in women atypical symptoms such as severe shortness of breath, unexplainable fatigue, just feeling really, really tired, having nausea or gastric distress, you know, having headaches, having back pain, all these atypical symptoms that are not clear that they're coming from the heart. And for that reason, often women sometimes ignore them or minimize them thinking that they're not having a heart attack. Hmm. Well, those are a lot of things that women need to be aware of then I would imagine, right? Be aware of all these symptoms and report them to a doctor, be tested as soon as possible. That's exactly right. I have to share a personal anecdote with you. My aunt, we have obviously a lot of heart disease in my family, went out to lunch with her girlfriends and they went to a Thai restaurant. And about two hours after lunch, she started having more severe heartburn than she'd ever had. And she's not generally a person that gets heartburn. She thought maybe it was a spicy Thai food. So she just kept waiting, waiting, waiting. Finally, when she called me in the evening, I said, get to a hospital. And of course, she had had a heart attack. So, you know, it can be very subtle. I would say trust your instinct. If something feels off to you as a woman, don't explain it away. Seek medical attention right away. Dr. Kuli, why why does rest or sleep exacerbate symptoms of a heart attack for women? You know, it's very interesting. So obviously there are circadian rhythms, which means our body's inflammation sort of follows a circadian rhythm that's linked to the clock, actually. And what we've noticed, interestingly enough, that inflammation tends to peak between about 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., So for a lot of people, their endogenous body clocks inflammation tends to go up between that time. And that's why a lot of people can have heart attacks that present at night. And the other thing, obviously, is when you're sleeping and if you're woken up from sleep with some kind of a symptom, you definitely have to take that seriously. Because during the day, you know, it could be a whole bunch of different things that could be causing your symptoms. But anything that wakes you up from sleep is certainly a sign of something very serious. How about stress? How big of a factor does stress play in triggering a heart attack? Well, you know, it's interesting. And in, in some people say that in women, stress may even play a bigger factor than it does in men. So heart attacks are a complex uh, conglomeration of many different things. So you have, you know, excess cholesterol that's swimming around. You have high blood pressure or diabetes that causes the walls of the blood vessel to get sticky so that that cholesterol gets stuck. And then you have inflammation, inflammation that occurs within those cholesterol deposits that can then cause problems like heart attacks. So we feel like stress has a role in essentially all three of those processes. So it can cause high blood pressure. It can cause glucose intolerance so that the walls of the blood vessels get stickier. It can obviously cause cortisol release, which can affect your cholesterol. And then, of course, stress leads to inflammation. You know, stress can affect your immune function. It can cause inflammation. So you're really all steps of the process of atherosclerosis are affected by stress. And in women, even more so potentially, just because stress levels in general, as well as anxiety disorders, tend to be a higher proportion in women than they are in men. If the symptoms don't always show up until it's too late, how are women supposed to know when something's wrong or recognize those symptoms? And is it like an intrinsic feeling you have or intuitive feeling you have that Maybe something is wrong and maybe I should go get some help. Yeah, that's a really important question. And I think the first part of that is absolutely trust your instinct because because a heart attack is different. 
It's not going to feel like your bread and butter heartburn. It's not going to feel like you didn't sleep well overnight. It's going to be something unusual, something different. That little voice in your head that is telling you that something might not be right. You need to listen to that. The second piece of it, though, Ron, is to really just be informed and not just informed yourself. But the next time you have a, a, you know, a get together, a tea party with your girlfriends, make sure to tell them what they need to look out for. Because really that myth that heart disease is a man's disease only has been propagated for so long that a lot of women, especially premenopausal women who tend to be younger, don't feel like they can fall victim to heart disease. And actually, I had a friend who's a cardiologist uh, who had a tear in one of her blood vessels, which is a type of heart disease that can happen in women. And she didn't recognize it, despite the fact that she was at work taking care of other patients with heart disease because wow. the symptoms were sort of subtle. Yeah. So it can really sneak up on us. So we have to have that radar up all the time. You're giving us so many things to look for and, and knowing everything we now know about women and heart disease. How is it still being underdiagnosed? So there's two pieces to this. So the first is obviously the patient or the woman. So that's where I think this types of podcasts really come in and spreading the word about how symptoms can present and the fact that it is a woman's disease. The second piece of it is a delay in presentation. So when you do feel something, get to the hospital right away. And I mean, call 911. Don't have your husband drive you three hours later because there's a huge delay in presenting to the hospital when it comes to women. But the third piece of this, I have to take responsibility for because it's actually the healthcare providers that often also tend to not diagnose heart disease in women as much because it can present atypically. So oftentimes there's even a little bit of a diagnostic bias that is in your healthcare provider team. So it's also important for us to spread that information. And then unfortunately, this last part of it breaks my heart. But once we've diagnosed heart disease in women, women are treated less aggressively than men for multiple re different reasons. And so they end up doing worse. Than, than men do who are the exact same age with the same type of heart disease. So not only are the symptoms atypical, not only do they present later, not only do they get underdiagnosed, but they also get undertreated. And that's where we really need to bridge this treatment gap so that we can start saving women's lives by treating them more aggressively, getting them diagnosed early. Dr. Coley, there are many different risk factors for men and women. And what are the differences? Very interesting here, Ron. The science is so interesting. So we know that men and women can have the same risk factors like high triglycerides, for example, which are a big marker of risk. But in women, that risk factor confers more of a risk than it does in men. Similarly with diabetes. Diabetes, we know, is a risk factor to make those blood vessels stickier. But in women, there's a 44% higher risk associated wow. with diabetes than it is in men. And then low good cholesterol, low HDL, that's another risk factor both in men and women, but in women it's thought to confer a higher risk. But what's really interesting is that women also have their unique set of risk factors. Now I often say to my female patients that pregnancy is the first stress test your heart is ever going to have. <laughs> and if you fail that stress test, it's a sign that down the line, you are headed towards that heart attack or stroke and we need to be aggressive early in life. So if a woman has any kind of an adverse pregnancy outcome, I'm talking about conditions like gestational diabetes, gestational hypertension or high blood pressure, 
preeclampsia. If the baby is born early or born at low birth weight, all of those confer risk to the woman down the line. Similarly, women, of course, have this very interesting hormonal fluctuation where they go through a period of menopause. And after menopause, we see an inflection point where that risk really, really, really takes off. But interestingly enough, if you give them hormones after menopause, like a lot of women that take postmenopausal hormone replacement therapy, you, you paradoxically increase their risk. So hormones are protective for the heart up until menopause. But if you give them longer than menopause, they can actually increase your risk. So certainly menopause is a big time in a woman's life. If a woman goes into menopause early, that confers higher risk to her. Women have a higher incidence of something called autoimmune disease, which means our immune system is just more sensitive and can attack our own body more commonly. So they can have conditions like uh, lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, and those are chronic inflammatory conditions that create inflammation in our blood vessels, causing that cholesterol to stick. So there's so many different risk factors that are unique to women, in addition to the fact that the traditional risk factors that women have actually confer higher risk than they do for men. Dr. Kuli, are there any other things that women should do besides suggested diet you've spoken about, exercise, and traditional therapies? Is there anything else? You know, I talk about the ABCs, Ron, of cardiovascular disease prevention. So A stands for, you know, age and aspirin. I wish I could modify age, but of course we can't. We just have to age gracefully and naturally. But aspirin, aspirin is something to talk to your healthcare provider about. Now we've moved away from aspirin to prevent heart disease for women who don't already have it. But in women who have it, we definitely want to put them on an aspirin to prevent a recurrence of a heart attack or stroke. B stands for blood pressure. So you want to know your blood pressure. You need to know your blood pressure like you know your bank balance because it's really important. And the number to burn into your brain is less than 130 over 80 but ideally less than 120 over 80. That's really where your blood pressure should be. And that also you can do by lifestyle changes, such as limiting the sodium in your diet. Nine out of 10 Americans eat too much sodium. And you want to make sure you take less than 1500 milligrams of sodium per day, which if you start counting, you'll see is not a lot. C stands for cigarettes and cholesterol. So if you're smoking, <laughs> Smoking confers a tenfold higher risk of stroke in women than it does in men. So you got to get off those cigarettes. And I'm talking vaping. I'm talking marijuana. I'm talking all kinds of smoking products. And then, of course, the cholesterol. You want to keep your LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, low. So the L, you want to keep low. And the HDL, which is the good cholesterol, you want to keep that high. So if you have a genetic tendency to have high cholesterol, talk to your healthcare provider. If you eat a lot of animal products that can raise your cholesterol as well, mm. try to think about changing your diet. The D stands for diabetes. So if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic, that confers additional risk. So you want to be sure to keep those sugars in check because when you're pre-diabetic, your pancreas are working overtime to keep up with the sugar that you're putting in and they're going to burn out one day and you'll progress to diabetes. So that's the period to really reverse your glucose control back into the normal range. And then, of course, E, everybody knows, is exercise 150 minutes a week, which is 30 minutes, five times a week, moderate intensity. So I mean, get your heart rate up. Walking the dog does not count. you got to be running, dancing, jogging, swimming, doing Zumba, whatever it is that you like, but you got to get that heart rate up. Okay, that's five letters. Is there 21 more? <laughs> I, I, I got to get this to my wife. <laughs> I could keep going all day. How much time do you guys have? 
<laughs> That's great. We must know our ABCs. That is great information. Uh, Dr. Coley, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us here on True to Your Heart podcast. You've been incredibly informative about women's health issues and their heart issues. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Ron. It was my pleasure. Our next guest is a leader in the field of women's health, a registered nurse and CEO of Healthy Women, Beth Badalino. With over 25 years in the healthcare industry, Beth has been able to define and drive a number of public education programs focused around a broad range of women's health issues. Today, she is here to further discuss the cardiovascular health risk women face today and the importance of preventive care. Beth, it's great to have you on the show, true to your heart. I am really excited about having you for simple reasons like this. I have a wonderful wife, two great kids, with ladies, and a daughter-in-law. So There you go. I, Trifecta. I, there you go. <laughs> so I am really looking forward to what you have to say about women's health and women's cardiovascular challenges. So they are heads of household. They have kids. And I think of it in this way, how can I help them? And, and can you explain the head of household health and really what it can do to a woman's stress level? Sure. So as we know, and as you just said, women are normally the CEOs of their household and the chief medical officer. So anything that goes wrong with the house or anything that goes wrong with someone's health, guess who's responsible, but mom or the woman that's heading up that household. So just think about it, you know, the enormous amount of stress that goes on our shoulders day to day. It's not only are we running our family, you know, we're running the household and making sure all the kids get where they need to be. And we're taking care of everyone else's health, but our own. Um, and when you think about, especially this last year with COVID-19, the additional stress and anxiety on that, it's imploding right now. And so stress and depression actually affects women's heart more than men's. And depression makes it so difficult to maintain a healthy lifestyle and follow recommended treatments. So during this pandemic, we're seeing much more stress, much more anxiety. We're all trying to you know, say that we've got it, but we really don't. And the impact of that stress definitely affects our overall health, including our heart health. Beth, as we've kind of moved through this pandemic and we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel, do you sense there is less stress or does the stress continue? No, I think the stress is continuing, but there's going to be more opportunities to manage that stress, right? So that now we pull in that healthy lifestyles, which we've had to kind of put a timeout on during the pandemic. There were some things that we were able to do, and it was it was actually lovely to see it happening in neighborhoods during the pandemic. You saw more people walking. You saw more people out riding their bikes, which was a great thing. And we realized that, Doing those little things can help reduce your stress. It helps exercise, improves your overall health. So that's a good thing. But we also heard some of the horror stories, and now we're trying to fix that, where people put on that 19 or 20 pounds during the pandemic, right? So yeah, I'm one that's of them. not good for our overall. <laughs> You're one of them. So is my husband, actually. But so it's one of those things that now we're trying to fix and and we are doing that. And as things continue to open up, as more people get vaccinated, you're seeing, you know, the gyms open up, you're seeing yep. people starting to play sports, kids are starting to play sports again. So that's all a good thing. So there are some things that are improving, 
But I think that overall stress, going back to your initial question and the anxiety, I think it's just stress on now a new, you know, a new chapter. How are we going to manage, you know, making sure that everyone's safe, making sure we're following the CDC guidelines. Is it really safe to go out to eat? Can I wear my mask? Do I have to wear my mask or don't, you know, so those little things, but I think overall we're heading in the right direction. Beth, can can you kind of walk us through the risk factors for women? Uh, You know, if a woman is at a high risk for cardiovascular events or the heart disease, Mm -hmm. what are things they can do to overcome these high risks? Well, one thing I want to touch upon, and then I can go into the risk factors, is that for cardiovascular events, many times women ignore the signs and symptoms because they present so differently than men, right? So for men, if you know they have chest pain, it's automatically you know affiliated with the heart. But women don't get that chest pain. We get more of the arm pain, the neck pain, maybe even the back pain, or we feel nauseous. And we never think about that could be a sign of a cardiovascular event. We just think we ate something. I must've worked too hard at the gym. I don't know. I must've slept wrong. And we pass it off to something else, not thinking that it could be a cardiovascular event. So I want to raise that important piece um, to your audience is that women present differently. If you feel that something is not right, then you need to call your healthcare provider and not put it off and understand your family history. I think that's an important piece that's missed. So if you have a high rate of heart disease in your family, it's important that you let your healthcare provider know that. And when we think about risk factors for women, here are some of the ones that I want to flag. Diabetes. Women with diabetes are more likely to develop heart disease than men are with diabetes. Smoking. Smoking is a greater risk factor for heart disease in women than it is in men. So if you're thinking about quitting, now is the perfect time to do that. Inactivity, no excuse. A lack of physical inactivity is a major risk factor for heart disease. And some researchers have found women to be less active than men. So ladies, get your sneakers out of the closet and start walking. (laughs) Um, You don't have to do a marathon. 10 minute, 15 minute walk would be you know, heading in the right direction. Menopause, low levels of estrogen after menopause pose a significant risk of developing disease in smaller blood vessels. Pregnancy complications, high blood pressure or diabetes during pregnancy can increase the mother's long-term risk of high blood pressure and diabetes. The condition also makes women more likely to get heart disease. So if you had preeclampsia, high blood pressure, if you had diabetes, gestational diabetes during your pregnancy, make sure you let your primary care healthcare provider know about that because sometimes the OBGYN is not talking to the primary care provider. And it's important, ladies, if you had those complications during your pregnancy. Family history of early heart disease, this appears to be the greatest risk factor in women than in men. So ladies, understand your family history. Inflammatory disease like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, and others can increase the risk of heart disease in both men and women. Beth, we have a a large audience of women in underserved communities. What specific advice do you have for those women? 
You know, for underserved communities, we have some great resources, right? So you can get your blood pressure taken at um, most drugstores now. They offer clinics. Walmart has just opened health clinics. So going in, making sure that you understand, get your blood pressure taken to understand if you have high blood pressure. Many of these health clinics are run by nurse practitioners who are amazing and so thorough. So understanding your family health history and making sure you share that and then making sure you try to eat you know, a nutritious diet and get some exercise. Exercise is free. You know, anyone can exercise. So just carving out that time to take care of yourself is so important. So it's really, you're not even asking women to have a specific program. Just get out and move. It's a game changer and it improves your lifestyle and it certainly improves your heart health. So little things can make a big difference when we talk about overall health and wellness. And if you're a diabetic, Trying to stay compliant is so important. You know, they mm-hmm. there's such great resources now. We, we have telemedicine that's available to us to just check in with the healthcare provider if you're having issues. But doctor, healthcare providers' offices are open. They're seeing patients. So if you put it off during the COVID-19, now is a great time to make that appointment, get your wellness visit in. And let me tell you something, wellness visits are free. Uh, under the Affordable Care Act, Everyone has an opportunity to get their annual women's wellness visit. So take advantage of that. All right, Beth, you ready to play a little game with me? I love games. Let's go. All right. We're going to play Mythbusters. Got it. Here's the myth and give me your response. Heart disease is really a man's problem. Busted. Since 1984, more women than men have died each year from heart disease. Heart disease is the leading cause of death in women over age 65, just as it is the leading killer of men. Wow. uh, That's surprising even to me as a man. (laughs) That's busted. All right. Myth number two. I don't need to have my cholesterol checked until I'm middle-aged. Wrong. Busted. (laughs) The American Heart Association recommends getting cholesterol checked every five years starting at age 20. It's a good idea to start having a cholesterol test even earlier if your family has a history of heart disease. You can help yourself and your family by eating a healthy diet and exercising regularly, as well as finding out what more you can do for your cardiovascular health. So what are the two things we've been talking about? Improving your diet and exercising. Two things that are fairly simple to do and does not really cost any money. Beth, thank you so much for your advice. I know my wife, my two daughters, my daughter-in-law are going to listen very carefully to your outstanding advice. Beth Badalino, thank you so much for joining us here on True to Your Heart. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for us today. I would like to thank both of our guests for joining me here and educating us on cardiovascular health in women. For more information on how you can be true to your heart, visit www.truetoyourheart.com. I'm Ron Jaworski, and this has been True to Your Heart, presented by Amarin. Amarin.